Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. It's 8 a.m. on Wednesday, December 28th in Baton Rouge. Expect to see clear skies with a high of 54. In case you missed hour one of the show, you can catch that up at the on-demand section at 1045ESPN.com or our 1045ESPN YouTube channel. Coming up in hour two of Off the Bench, we'll be talking some Pelicans, and in hour three, we'll have Munchies with Chef Michael Johnson. You can follow today's show on Twitter and Instagram at OTV underscore ESPN. Watch us live on YouTube at 104.5 ESPN channel. And make sure to subscribe to the Off the Bench YouTube channels as well. Saints and LSU. Set your notifications. Hour number two of OTB starts now. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Jacob Hester and T-Bob Hebert. Yeah, 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 yeah! Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, what's happening, y'all? Hour two. <laughs> God, two for two today. I'm OTB. And uh, hour two brought to you by Skull. Axe throwing. That's right. You want to throw some axes with the boys or the girls? Girls night, boys night, date night, even if you will. Uh, corporate events, team building events, right? Pfft. Screw a ropes course, okay? Well, I mean, what what does a trust fall have over throwing an axe into the middle of a giant wooden target? Nothing. Trust fall is not going to save you if you're assaulted on the streets. You know what will? Axe throwing. Um, if you carry an axe with you everywhere. So admittedly, kind of an outlier sort of situation also. But, I bet there's a pretty cool holster you could have. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever seen axe holsters? They're great. They're, um, you kind of, it's just like, well, actually, I mean, it's really just a belt loop that you stick the handle through and then the head kind of holds it. Then you just. Like, like a hammer. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Just yeah, slip yeah. that thing up. If you remember, we looked it up. And traditionally, axe throwing, not really a missile weapon the way if you think of like a bow and arrow, yeah. uh, a gap closer. Like, if I'm running at you, I throw the axe ahead of time, make you deal with that, and then I'm laying right. up on you. Ba, 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 ba. Anyway, you should go throw axes at Skull. Yeah. Uh, GCAxe.com, code early bird, 20% off. Right there off of Lee. 
<clears throat> in case you missed it, I see why am I. In hour number one, that was hard to do. Uh, Lance Hurd did not travel with LSU to the Rely Quest Bowl. A uh, bit of a huge bummer here. Don't know how this story will end quite yet. Uh, I, I've heard there seems to be a dispute between how much Lance Hurd should be earning as a member of the LSU Tiger football team. And um, obviously with that dispute, I'm sure comes the threat of, well, I could be earning X over here. And if you're not willing to match, then I may go there. And so we'll see where it all plays out. Feels today like it's more likely than not that uh, he is not in an LSU uniform going forward. But then again, again, this is why you have to, we have to remain, you know, you can't be too sure about things, Jake. Did it seem like Sage Ryan would? Yeah. When he entered the portal, he's still there. Definitely didn't seem like Denver Harris would ever be in an LSU uniform again. And is he going to play in the bowl game, right? Like, isn't he practicing and everything? That's what we were told yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you don't know how it's going to end, just, but... That's, that's how it is now, unfortunately. Right, wrong, or indifferent, depending on how you feel, right? And that's what we talked about with Ole Miss yesterday. The most impressive thing was the retention of players. Yes, they're bringing in great players, but it's also quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. All those top guys for Ole Miss... They were able to retain them. They didn't go into the transfer portal um, or go to the NFL. Well, I'm I, I okay. I got to apologize because chat distracted me, so I didn't hear anything you just said. Because somebody said if I describe if I subscribe to Patient Plus, does it comes with unlimited STD testing? Which yes, I believe it would. Um, uh, but then the response was yes, it does. But you have to be actively be having sex to get STD, so you're good. Uh, it's, it's a very funny interaction there. Um, what were you saying about Ole Miss keeping players? Um, the retention of their players yes. was the, like, to ah, me, the bigger win was the impressive thing <clears throat> yeah. because of things that we're talking about with Lance Hurd. Like, that's a, that's a non-starter for LSU this year. They were able to keep all of their top players from going into the portal or going into the NFL for the most part. They've lost some, but not their top guys. Yeah, and, and it's weird, too, because it's not like now in, in in some situations you could say, oh, well, this is no different than all the four and five stars leaving like an Alabama or Georgia because they were buried on the depth chart. Um, Lance Hurd played in all 12 games. Now, granted, a lot of that was probably on like field goal and stuff, but like I fully think he would have started next year, right? Like I, yeah. I, I think he would have found a way to start one way or another, uh, whether it's you try to bump him down inside, you bump an Emory Jones inside, like – I think he was good enough to have broken through. So I don't think playing time would have been uh, the issue. So we'll see where it ends up going, but don't expect to see Lance Hurd in the ReliQuest Bowl. You still can expect to see uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, obviously, now going to be coached by Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton. <laughs> you lost Mike Dunbrock. I still have Matt House. Um, how do you manage Hankton and Sloan, Jake? You have two Young coaches that you really believe in here. Yeah. Hankton already makes crazy money. Remember, that's how you stole him away from Georgia. Hankton makes nearly a million dollars as a wide receiver coach. And not only has he done great in developing receivers, but he has been a top-tier recruiter. Now, Joe Sloan has also been a top-tier recruiter. Right. Makes less than Cortez Hankton does, but it's a quarterback's coach. Generally, quarterback's coach kind of slot into OCs. They're going to be co-OCs for this game do you think it's realistic for them to think about being co-OCs going forward? I don't know. That's mm, it's tough because it's not an offensive line coach who would handle the run game and a quarterback receiver coach that would handle the passing game. 
And even in Brian Kelly's quotes about this game, he said he basically intimated that, yeah, Hankton and Sloan will put together a great passing attack and they'll work with Frank Wilson and Brad Davis to put together a, a running plan. Yeah. I don't know. I, anytime you co-coordinator, and maybe we have PTSD here from every time they've tried to do it, it's never really worked out well. No, nope. Malvato was a disaster. Is that the only yeah. one I can think about, though? Is there well, another one? Well, you've also had like some passing game coordinators yeah. with an offense coordinator. And it's like, well, what does that really mean? Like, who's doing what? It means the OC's just calm plays. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, you had, hey, you had Jerry good. Sullivan, who was passing game coordinator. You had Scott Linehan. Scott Linehan, yeah. who we talked about yesterday. <sighs> Jerry Sullivan's passing game game plan was so old school. It was just well, hey, makes keep, sense. keep seven in protection and let's run three out and then just throw it to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Which, hey, it's a good one to throw it to if you have to, but uh, not exactly the most cutting edge of offensive theory, even at the time. No. So that is some potential friction that I see in the horizon for LSU. How do you handle Sloan and Hankton? Can you make both these young stellar coaches happy? You really want to try to keep both guys on the staff, as we said, as kind of, uh, we, I mean, this is very disrespectful, but uh, we, we, we called the defensive staff the who's from Whoville, as in nobody really knows who they are. Um, and I was talking to a friend, and you can probably imagine who it was, Jake. He he did a little twist, said the who's from Pooville, which also, also accurate. When I know you, exactly who you're yeah, talking about. Also accurate that. when you look at the uh, – the, uh, the the results. But the offensive staff is the polar, just the complete opposite. Brad Davis is one of the top O-line coaches in the entire country. Cortez Hank is one of the top wide receiver coaches in the entire country. Uh, I don't think the country knows about Joe Sloan, but I do know he is very highly regarded within that building. So on offense, you have a bit of the opposite where your cup kind of overfloweth. How can we keep all of these good assistants? Because these are championship-level assistants, and, well, we will end up seeing I will, you know, Joe Sloan having coordinator on his resume, how much more does that help him? He was a coordinator at Louisiana Tech, either as the full-time like standalone coordinator or a co-coordinator, I think, for three seasons. So he does have that, and, and I'm pretty sure Cortez does not. I mean, he's got like some passing game coordinator, obviously, but like, how much does that help if you are hiring from within? Now, they could decide to you know bring somebody else in, and I – I think if you did that, it would be tough to keep both of the guys that we're talking about because they probably would want their shot, probably feel like their time is now with what the offense just I don't, did. I, I don't feel like they're going to bring anybody in, and I don't think that that's a problem. Um, again, Brian Kelly's main side of the ball is the offense. He sits in that quarterback room. Like, I, I look, look at the job that he did, you know, picking out a Tommy Reese, right? And, and obviously him and Mike Dimbrock have worked together forever, but like I, I feel confident if he wants to roll with somebody in-house, I feel confident that it's that he's a good talent evaluator at that, at that position. So um, I, I don't expect him to bring anybody in. And I, unlike some, I've heard others uh, kind of maybe like just in talking to people on the street stuff be like, oh, you know, kind of wanting a sort of big name. Uh, to be OC, I don't. I don't necessarily want that. I, I'd actually like to see one of these guys get their chance to see what they can do. If you're placing a wager, you would say that they stay in house. I think so. It's not based off of any great um, information or anything, though. No, but yeah, I think so. 
probably. Uh, unless maybe, and that's another reason why this bowl game matters so much for LSU, unless it's like just an abject disaster and the, the, the you know, the, the plays aren't getting in on time and the offense looks all disjointed, uh, yeah. then, then maybe that kind of forces your hand. But I would imagine they stay in, in-house here. We'll see, though. You never know with these situations. Not many would have had Tommy Reese going to Alabama win, like after spring ball, wasn't it, almost? It was like really weird timing yeah. on that last year as well. So you never you never quite know. Then you had Buckner follow him after spring uh, practice, and then now he's playing lacrosse. Yeah, going to go to Notre Dame and play lacrosse. Shout out Tyler Buckner. Lacrosse female when he was growing up. Uh, all right. When we get back, let's talk about some of these bowl games. Look at some of the college football as a whole. Bowl games coming up tonight. Uh, keep it locked right here. YouTube.com slash 104.5 ESPN. If you're watching there, hit the like button, you bums. Please, the algorithmic gods that rule our existence, um, they love to see you hit that thumbs up. And, uh, yeah, more to be coming up next. Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and 1130 The Tiger. K2Z window coverings, K-T-O-Z-Blinds.com, K-T-O-Z-Blinds.com. Z-Blinds. If you want Z-Blinds that's going to make you so happy, you want to go to K2Z. They can take, look, if we're talking like a man cave, bedroom, baby room, outdoor living, anything in your home. If it take it to the next level, functionally and aesthetically, you want Brandon Barton, you want K to Z, you want their 25 years of experience with that free professional estimate where they're going to look at the layout of your home, take the compass out, time of day, where's the light hitting, blah, 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 everything. Okay, they've been at it for, again, 25 years. There's a level of expertise there that you can't appreciate until you see it firsthand. So have them out of your home today, ktozblinds.com. Yeah, things you don't even really think, like when you get an outdoor screen, like we lower it and now we can open our space. Our dog kind of goes back and forth. It shades the entire living room if we want to, so they can do it for you. They did it for me, ktozblinds.com. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and 1130 The Tiger. Welcome back. Go TV. Hour two, roll right along. Eventually, I want to look at this picture of uh, Nick Saban at Disney as it proves the mouse can break through to anyone. I don't know if I've ever seen Nick Saban looking so fatherly, grandfatherly, or just like genuinely happy. Even Harbaugh looks very well, genuinely happy to be well, taking a picture with him. Well, let's make no mistake about it. Nick Saban is way more normal than Jim Harbaugh. Uh, yeah. It's not yeah, even, yeah, yeah. I've heard Harbaugh's uh, just an eccentric dude. I mean, when you literally wear khaki pants every single day in your yeah. entire life, Bro, you got to be something wrong it's with these you. Old, you know the only Becker. person I know that does that? Mario. That's true. That's yeah, true, true. Mario. So, yeah, I mean, and, and Mario, we're, you know, he's got a serial past, if you will. Um, but those both Schimbeckler coaches are quirky, man. Schimbeckler was weird as hell. Miles is a Schimbeckler disciple. We know how quirky and odd he was. Uh, and I've heard Harbaugh's the same way. Now, I've heard that, like, some of his players love him, certainly. It's not like, I don't know, like, I, it's, 
you know, and then some don't, it's a boss, whatever. It, it's like any other business. Some people are going to like the boss. Some people aren't, but, um, but you, it, it does, it is true. Everything I've heard about Saban is yeah. While he could be, you know, a perfectionist demanding all that sort of stuff that he is still, um, he's a ball at, uh, the end of the day. As evidenced yeah. by his seven bags of chew in the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Go ahead about and full it. screen this, Jesse. So uh, those watching on YouTube.com. I think I think the format may may not allow her to get. Okay, much there we go. That, that's that, fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, so if you're not watching online, they they took a team picture or kind of a team picture, looking maybe captains and the coaches uh, with Mickey in front of Magic Kingdom, and for a man that looks so terrifying on game day when you have a team that you love and you cheer for and you see that man on the opposing sideline, right? It is basically like seeing the devil incarnate. He looks so happy, Mr. Rogers and grandfatherly here. Brown loafers. Like he has the perfect Mr. Rogers. I I can see him meticulously. That was one of my favorite things about Mr. Rogers growing up was how meticulously he got dressed. The The slow unzip. The perfect tying of the shoes is zipping up, but like, oh, and and it looks that's the exactly pants, how the pants are just looks. a little bit too big. Like they're a little, little saving, too yeah. long, just yeah. a Bulger little too long. That, yeah. that, that's perfect though. That's how they should yeah. be. Also, Harbaugh no khakis. Ooh, that's Save, saving with the khakis. That's and he's crazy. got Jordans on. I mean, I know they're a Jordan team. Uh, Jesse, who is the better fit out of uh, Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban here? Nick Saban. Okay, why? Why is I that? I am not a Nick Saban fan, obviously. Obviously, but. I mean, he's got the better fit it, in it, Disney. Harbaugh's got my yeah. fit on. Like, yeah. That's what I wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is yeah, what you wear 24 7. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Saban looks very much like a grandfather at Disney who's getting to take a picture with Mickey. And look how happy the he stance. looks. Dude. <laughs> yeah, the stance. The hands he's kind of hunched over pockets, his hands yeah, on just, his. Yep. You know, I've seen him do that when he's taking pictures with like cheerleaders or girls. He's like very, you know, you ain't going to catch Saban. In any perviness, right? Like, he is aggressively like, here are my hands, no physical contact. It is kind of a funnier pose when uh, put next to Mickey. But look how happy those two look, dude. <laughs> the mouse always wins, dude. He knows what he's doing. Shout out, Walt. Yeah. I've only interviewed Jim Harbaugh one time, and it was an experience. Uh, there, was not, there was not a lot there, <sighs> but... The thing that I Why got. Why do you always act so confused? Yeah, I, so I knew if I brought up Max Duggan last year, he would appreciate the way Max Duggan played. And so, like, I asked a question about that. And then he, then he finally, like, lit up and gave us something. But there's, there's a big wall in front of him that you have to try to break down. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, going to try to break down that Alabama wall. What do you think, man? Everybody, Everybody's just saying it's going to be Alabama. And I get it. From this, I get it from this standpoint. Uh, Nick Saban is what he's. I believe he's nine and zero in games in which he's had. If it's a playoff or a national championship, and he's had thirty days or more to prepare, I think he's nine and zero. I think it bumps up to ten and one if he's had twenty or like thirteen. Like there's right. there's also a game where he had twenty six days. I think they won. Maybe they lost one with thirteen against Ohio State. The point is. When you give him time, there has been nobody better in history, and it's not even close. Like, these are games where, Jake, you should only win these at like a 50% clip or maybe like a 70%. To be undefeated in such games speaks to And I've seen it firsthand. I mean, look at 2011. Like, everybody wants to make a conspiracy out of it. No, that was Nick Saban versus Les Miles given a month to prepare. 
Um, and and so, like, I get from that perspective why everybody's expecting Alabama to win. But Alabama has looked like the more fallible team this season. So, you know, if we talked about this game six weeks ago, I think you'd have more people on Michigan's side. But yeah. because of how Alabama played the last time we saw them, not the last two times, because the last, if you go back two times, they almost lost to a bad Auburn football team. They should have probably lost to a bad Auburn football team. But I think people see the way that they push Georgia around. Now, we had our own thoughts about maybe who Georgia was here on this show. Not a lot of people agreed with our thoughts, but you know, we were asking about who they had really played. But regardless of all that, Alabama still did push them around. They big boy, they bullied the bully. Yeah. And now I think because Michigan's a bully, everyone is just assuming that Alabama's going to do that to them. And I would push back on that a little bit. I agree. I think, I think Michigan is a team that when they've been called to challenge, they've answered that call. And when they've asked J.J. McCarthy to do something, he's done it. They haven't always asked him to do it. This is a top-tier defense. I realize they play in the Big Ten, but they are a top-tier defense. They are physical. They still are going to roll out 21 and 12 personnel. That's who they are. And it's hard to, it, it's hard to just continue to take the hits that Michigan gives you now. Alabama, we think, is set up for that. But also, like, you know, is Jalen Milrow going to be able to go off on this type of defense with this long to prepare? That's another part of it. Like, Michigan now, they know the blueprint of how Jalen Milrow is beating the teams that he's beaten. And so, I don't, I mean, I I still favor Michigan in this. And I know I'm kind of a lone wolf in, in most spaces. For thinking that, but the way I'm, Michigan I'm plays Michigan football, as well. But I, I am—I'll be lying. I, I am doing a bit of—I'm doing a bit of uh, sports take speculating here, right? Where you know, not a lot of people are fighting over this track to land, Jake. So it's kind of attractive to be like, oh, I'm gonna plant my flag over here, and if I'm wrong, whatever. And if I'm right, I'm here. I told you Michigan was gonna win. So there, there's an element of that, I suppose. But I'm with Jake. It's not nearly as clear cut as people are trying to make it out to be. Like, people are trying to dismiss all the good that Michigan's done and just dismiss all the bad that Alabama's done. Yeah, And, and I think that's just because of the Nick Saban factor, especially when you consider the fact that Harbaugh has struggled on these stages. Now, in a crucial difference from last year, uh, Jake can speak this way better than I can, but Michigan was very overconfident yes. coming into that TCU game last year uh, to a fault. Uh, this year, Michigan's scared. Make no mistake. Watch when Alabama was selected over FSU. Fear rippled through that room, but that may actually work in their favor here because they have to put they have to come correct this season. That like last year they're like TCU 335, are you kidding me? We're going to roll right over them. Uh, and they got punched in the mouth. They, like if nothing else, uh, the, the overconfidence will not be the downfall of Michigan this year. They were highly overconfident last year. What you I was talking about, I had the Fiesta Bowl a year ago, and we talked with both teams. And TCU, when you asked them about game plan, they would give it to you. They'd give you name. They'd give you number. They'd give you tendencies. They were locked in. You'd ask Michigan the same questions, and they'd be like, ah, you know, that guy. Or mm. sometimes they, you know, they, they do this sometimes. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I was like, have you watched film? Like, do you not know their name? Do you not? Can you give me the number, maybe, even, of who you're going against? And, like, to a man. Like, they weren't really locked in, almost like they were preparing for Georgia already. Yeah. And I remember I was doing it with Rhett Lewis, and I remember, you know, off air being like, Rhett, like, 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you get the same? He's like, absolutely. Like, they are kind of just flaky about some of the answers of, of personnel and different things. And it showed. It showed in that game. TCU punched him in the mouth, and they couldn't come back. You're not going to get that this year with Michigan. No. I mean, they, they know that even though they are the favorite in Vegas, that everyone is thinking they are going to go out and get a third loss in a row in the college football playoff semifinal. And and again, it's while, while, while I do think the majority here is Nick Saban, uh, as you alluded to as well, Jake, uh, and I know you, fo- you football boys love uh, current form, right? Current form in the pitch. Well, the current form of the two quarterbacks could not be more opposite. Like, Jalen Miller at the beginning of the year was making crucial errors consistently. It's what cost him the Texas game. It's why Ole Miss was close in the first half. It's why Tennessee was close in the first half. He has erased those errors, and he's playing extremely clean right now. You look at his last four games, 10 touchdowns, one pick, and averaging 10 yards per attempt in that stretch. So, you know, being explosive. Uh, J.J. McCarthy's last four games – one touchdown, one pick, and has not even broken 150 yards to the air. Now, he's been hurt, which has been a, 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 a big part of his downfall. They and ran the team, it 30 straight times against Penn State. Yeah, yeah, and the team 30. at times just said, you know what, we don't got it to the ball, we're not going to. Um, but again, you know, it does coincide with them playing the best teams in their schedule and all of J.J. McCarthy's early season success completely going away. So for me... You gotta lean into McCarthy this game, as we allu- said earlier in the week. Uh, you you're not going to get the stat line that McCarthy had last year against TCU: 340 through the air, 50 on the ground. Um, but you need to be willing to unlock him or to lean into him the same way that you did in the second half of last year's playoff game. Because I still think, although Michigan is way more on par with Alabama in a traditional trenches type of attack than people want to give them credit for. Um, I still think ultimately their weapons are outclassed by Alabama's secondary so much that you need McCarthy to add to the offensive attack uh, through the running game and whatnot to kind of unlock some of that disadvantage. Well, the receivers are going to be huge on, on, on both sides yeah. uh, of this equation. We've talked about Alabama's receivers. When they show up, a la Texas A&M, it's a different team. When they disappear, then it all falls on Jalen Milrow. I mean, like LSU game. LSU actually did a really nice job on Alabama's receivers, but mm-hmm. Jalen Milrow, because you know, there's so well, much I mean, open space and yeah. wasn't a spy, <laughs> He just, you know, he ran them to victory. <laughs> well, I mean, and they did did they do a good job of the receivers, or did they make Jalen Milrow an offer he couldn't refuse? Well, I mean <laughs> like, uh, they covered him up. It's just when he he decided to scramble, there was nobody there for him. Yeah. Because they were in coverage. And so that's gonna be a story. Can Michigan get open? I don't think that they can. So they're gonna have no. to run the football. Now, Alabama's rush defense isn't awful. They're they're in the like 37, 38 range, I think, in the country. They give up 124 yards on the ground per game. That's way more than we're used to seeing from an Alabama team. And Michigan's going to want want to run the football. That, that's and, who they are. And the teams that have done it well against Alabama 
all had quarterbacks involved. Yeah, I mean right? Auburn ran all over Alabama. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and and that was sim- and they couldn't throw the ball at all. That was, that was page was like you need a healthy JJ McCarthy, and you need to attack them in the same way. Blake Corum had 24 touchdowns this year. I mean, we know what kind of player he is. Now it's can he have enough he had 24 success? 24 touchdowns this year. Yeah, can he have an, an, enough success to play action pass Alabama to open things up? Like, what is his success rate going to be? Is it can he get four yards a carry just to make them come down just a little bit on those safeties or maybe their heels are at nine and not 11? And then you take the one shot over the top and can that be the difference? Well, yeah, if you could somehow make like the Ohio State game two years ago, not this season, but the previous one where Ohio State had to sell out to stop the run and all of a sudden McCarthy's throwing like 70-yard touchdowns to his receivers because they're trying to go one-on-one. Like Roman Wilson should be able to win a pure one-on-one for a big play. But again, Alabama secondary is pretty unstoppable. So um, I'm going with Michigan from the simple fact that I think that Alabama is more fallible than people are giving credit for, and Michigan's a bit better than they looked down the stretch. But, uh, well, we'll see, won't we? Coming up next, let's get to some of these bowl games from last night. Look forward to today. I didn't even plan on talking to Alabama Michigan there. I, I, we should still talk uh, Washington, Texas as well at some point. we got Munchies and I-15. Uh, I've got an electric darts video to show you, so keep it locked right here, OTB. Off the bench with Hester and T-Bob. CentralPump.org, CentralPump.org, 925-8552, Is Russell Wilson a Hall of Famer? These are the discussions that are being had. Uh, you know who's a Hall of Plumber? Central Plumbing. I, mean, for I was going to go Hall years, of Plunger, you know, but... Oh, Hall of Plungers. Hall of Plunger. Um, but if your plunger didn't get the job done, Central Plumbing will. 925-8552. Uh, but it's not just repairs. Remember, bathroom remodels. You want like a tankless water heater or something. They got you. License bond insured. Flat rate pricing. Great warranty. I love Central Plumbing. You will as well. CentralPlumbing.org. CentralPlumbing.org. Go to the website today because remember, it's not only in emergencies. If you're looking to upgrade your home or your business, they can certainly come in and they can do that. Give you a consultation, tell you where they can place everything. Also, if you want to go tankless with the tankless water heater, never run out of hot water again. You can do that as well. Sensorplumbing.org, 225-925-8552. Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and 1130 The Tiger. Welcome back, OTB. Pat Fluid says, is everyone pulling for Texas simply because of Washington's fan base? I don't think I could disagree more. I think I'm pulling for Washington because of Texas's fan base, right? Like, I, I, I got, I, I do actually have a partner on the Texas team, so there is a little bit of Texas love in my heart, certainly. But like, if we're just talking fan base on fan base, how in the world? Like, you got too deep in the Heisman fight if you arrived at a place where you where you dislike Husky fans more than Longhorn fans. Like, like Longhorn fans are insufferable. 
They're richer than you. They're more successful than you. Uh, they they think more highly of themselves than you. And now the one thing you had was that their football team was a constant disappointment. Oh, and guess what? Now they got that fixed too. No, like you, you think you want Texas fans to be happy? Get the hell up out of here with that noise. You got to deal with them too. What, what, when the hell are you going to deal with a Husky fan? They're the Pacific Northwest. Like, what are we talking about here? I think that's a crazy take. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. And I guess the Heisman stuff maybe played into it. Certainly Oregon fans, I thought were louder than Washington fans. In that conversation, yeah, yeah you're, you're dealing yeah, with Texas. Penix just kind of chill. Like, I mean, you know, Washington yeah. fans would try to be like, rawr, Penix, and everybody's like, okay, look, dude, just like chill out. Yeah. Penix is awesome. Texas fans certainly, I mean, now, but it's going to grow by tenfold next year when they join the same conference as you. They're a state over. I mean, they're a bordering state. You well, you fight with them in recruiting all the time. Like, when's the last time that you were fighting with Washington for a high school recruit? Yeah, hell That no. ever happened. Um, also the, it, it's, you know, Jake, what did, what, one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs, the song remains the same. Once again, here's chat saying that Washington's defense just isn't good enough. Texas is going to win because Washington defense can stop. Isn't that the exact same thing you heard constantly going in to both Oregon games? Washington's defense, not good enough. Can't get the job done. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, what did look? Troy Franklin dominated Washington game one. What did he do game two? Nothing. What happened in that Arizona State game when the Washington offense was falling flat on its face? Who won him the game? The defense. Like, like again, Washington is more has won in more ways than any other team in this playoff. Uh, they are the old Bruce Lee quote about being water. They take whatever shape is demanded of them in that game, and. Uh, you can say that uh, I think Washington's DBs are going to have trouble with Texas receivers, and I and I do agree with you there, right? I mean, you got dynamic in receivers, uh, Nady Mitchell and Xavier Worthy for Texas. Uh, but have y'all looked up Texas' back end? Because this secondary's poo as well. And you got Roma Dunze and company, Michael Penix Jr. on the other side. The big question for Washington, Jake, is Texas' front seven is awesome. Yeah. Washington's O-line just won the Joe Moore Award. And once again, now this is where I'm guilty of kind of doing the same thing that I just decried these other chat chatters for, Jake, is once again, I'm a little worried. Now, I wasn't worried in the Oregon games, really, but I am a little worried for Washington's O-line going into this one. Tavondre Sweat and Jalen Ford and company are some absolute dogs. Uh, but if Washington's line does hold up, well, then their receivers should feast. So here's the thing, like with Texas rush defense, yes, it's really, really good. They give up 80 yards per game. They're fourth in the country. But when you play a Washington, you have to worry about so many other things True, that it takes away from your rush defense. True. Right? And so that front seven isn't going to be where they're normally at because you're going to have a lot of those guys dropping into coverage because Washington has weapons all over the place. And so – it's on Dylan Johnson to be able to take advantage of six-man boxes, not seven-man boxes. Sometimes yeah. you might even get a five-man box. So I, I think – And when, he's been on fire lately. They started yeah, using him a lot at the end of the year. Yeah, because teams knew they had to stop Michael Penix and the weapons that they had on the outside. Look up a Johnson and so game that's what they – I mean, he crushed. It was the USC. He had well over 200 yards. Yep. He, I mean, he tore up Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And so – when you play a Washington, yes, Texas is very stout against the run, but they're not going to be able to have as many 
reinforcements there in the front seven because, well, they're going to be playing coverage. They're going to be, I don't want, you know, they're not going to live in quarters, but they're certainly going to play something that's not as aggressive knowing that Washington can change the game in a blink of an eye. How good of a coach is Kalen DeBoer as well in the big games, knowing you got to have some physicality in these games? I mean, early on in the season, Johnson's getting like seven. Like, here's the, he's getting seven carries, eight carries, ten carries. He actually got 16 against Arizona. Then he jumps up to 20 against Oregon. 26 against USC. 23 against Utah. 28 yeah. against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. And he had like two, 250 against USC. He had over 100 against Utah. He had 150 against Oregon. So, yeah, Dylan Johnson. Like, like Washington putting the tape out there was saying, okay, you're going to have to respect both. Right. And and even though Texas is very talented, I don't know if they're ready for both. And I would give, uh, again, the same coaching advantage that I gave to Kalen DeBoer over Dan Lanning. I once again extend to Kalen DeBoer over Steve Sarkeesian. Um, Kalen DeBoer has won championships. He's won big game after big game. He's won a million games in a row. The bottom line is this cat knows what it takes to win in these tight situations. And sometimes it's, you know, it is relying on a defense that others doubt. It is being willing to run the ball when people say that you can't. Like, like, and, and, and you, you could say, oh, T-Bag won those championships on the NAIA level. True. But the point is, it was you a massive it game. NAIA players. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. You, were, you were on an even level with your peers, and you both entered with a championship on the line, and you found consistently multiple ways to win. So I think they have the coaching advantage over Sark and company here. And there's not a more battle-tested quarterback than Michael Penix Jr. Like, this man loves clutch crunch time. Uh, whether it's needing a first down to extend the drive in the game, needing a score. I still go back to him freestyling on the sidelines about how they're going to come back in that first Oregon game. Like, this man is not scared. He has ice in his veins. And yours... I'm not saying you were just scared either because, you know, they were losing Alabama at the beginning of that fourth quarter. Like, like you, you were, and, and remember, when he burst onto the scene last season, the whole deal was he came out there and was just, like, bombing it. But we also have seen him look really discombobulated and disappear at times. And even in the games in which Penix has disappeared, he still made the plays at the end of the game. The same cannot necessarily be said for Ewers. So I think coaching and quarterback go to Washington intangibles to Washington overall talent still goes to Texas so I played in Denver with Texas DB coach and I'm gonna mess with him. I want to text him and be like hey y'all gonna play uh cover one 18 percent of the time like y'all been playing all year long because again like that's that's who Texas was and so when you have that good rush defense you're like hey we're manning we're manning across the board one high safety like giddy up and that's how you're able to be so stout against the run because, look, you trust your guys against whoever you've played. You can't do that against Washington. No. Because, I mean, other coverages, like they kind of split it between cover three and quarters. But, like, look, 18% of the time to play cover one, that's aggressive. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to do that, I don't think, against Washington. So you will see a little bit different way of going about it than they've done this entire season. Um, like, which group? of receivers do you think is the best maybe that Texas has played? Would you say Alabama? No. I mean, because I wouldn't say Alabama because although Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond have gotten kind of nice at the end of the year, they weren't that good yeah. at the time. Because against Tech, uh, against Alabama, they played quarters 50% of the time. I think the best receivers that Texas has played are the guys that they practice against every day. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, that that's probably what's maybe helping them is that they do get to see Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell. Um, who are McMillan, Polk, and and Adunze all healthy though? Do we have one that's not? Maybe. I thought everybody was going to be healthy for the semifinal. I like look. I like Washington here. I know one of these two picks is probably going to go right, but I like Washington to beat Texas as well. I like a lot of points to be scored in this one. At least that's what I'm hoping. Uh, the over under set at 63 and a half. It'll probably be another super entertaining 30 something to 30 something battle. Yeah. I mean, look, ESPN matchup predictor, which has Michigan, by the way, 55 to 45, they've got Texas 69.2 to 30.8. So, I mean, they're big on the Longhorns. Texas is a four point favorite right now. But to your point earlier, Washington's been. I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing all year long to Vegas and everybody else, and they've been down Washington. I'm holding both my middle fingers towards the camera. I mean, I, I've been in the same. Tiny middle The same boat. They're up nonetheless. Like, even like the betting experts are like, no, 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 go Oregon. It's like, bruh, they've beaten them twice already because they beat them last year. They beat them the first time this year. I'm like, y'all so confident that Oregon's going to come out and beat them. I'd take them all the way up to 14. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> go Huskies. Hooroo. Good break. Where we get back. Off the bench with Hester and T Bob. Go to All Star Toyota Baton Rouge.com. All Star Toyota of Baton Rouge.com. Jake, I might need to take you into the body shop. <laughs> Let's see if we can get you. All makes and models uh, are welcome. Not humans. Uh, not uh, all humans. But do they have, doesn't have any, to be Toyota. any room for Huskies? Um, not, not a dog, but like. It's not a vet either. It's not a doctor or a vet. Yeah. I think we're being confusing. Uh, it is a. It, if you need work on your car done, I don't care if it's a Toyota or not. Okay, you've been in an accident, you got insurance claim, whatever. Bring it into the All Star Toyota Body Shop. Uh, we're there, fantastic. The lines of communication are stellar. Uh, you get the free professional estimate. You get text updates throughout the situation. So no matter where you're at, you stay on top of it. You answer. Okay, go ahead. Don't go ahead. Do this. Don't do this. Um, instant responses. Shuttle service. Rental cars right there on site. Great quality work. Factory parts. And if you mention T-Bob, Hester, OTB, any of it, you get $100 for that deductible. Also Toyota Baton Rouge, also Toyota Baton Rouge.com. Turn it up again? Sorry, hold on. Stephen Bunting just soaking it up, enjoying his moment. Then we should as well. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay, okay, turn it down. So if you're not watching online, you're probably like, what's all that noise? Why isn't this just a song? That's the, uh, that is an, I, I don't know the full backstory here. I just saw that video. That's a darts player making his entrance at a darts competition. Did you yeah. hear the crowd pop with the chorus at the end? 
I mean, I've always known that Europeans love their darts, and I'm guessing it's like a uh, a result of pub culture. But that's also the most normal, attainable athlete body that you could possibly hope for. That is Stephen Bunting. His nickname is The Bullet. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, when yeah. the bullet shows up, dude, you and, know what uh, you're going to get. Bullet. He won the 2014 BDO World Darts Championship and is a twice former World Masters champion. Uh, wow. just so so not even like the Michael Jordan of the sport, like like no. a, like a champion, like yeah. a very good one, obviously a beloved one. He's currently ranked 18th in the world. That is the pop that the 18th member of the darts community in the world get. What? Yep. Right. It's a Look, packed house too. The, the cheerleaders British, on stage. The British love to have like a sing along. Do you remember? That's true. The boxer. God, I wish Ricky we did. Hatton. Um, well, it's no, not no, really a yeah. footballer, but I mean, Ricky Hatton, Ricky Hatton like, yeah. there's only one Ricky Hatton. Like every time, like he would come into the ring and everyone in the arena would sing it. Like he had his own song that they would sing. I mean, it's just like, you know, soccer, you know, hooligans, like, you know, whatever they have their, their chance. Like yeah, I get sad that we don't have sing along culture, man. It sucks. It's like in, uh, it's like in beer fest when they're over there drinking and all the different countries are singing and they turn to the Americans. They're like, uh, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. And it's like, ah, damn, you just, you just, uh, you just killed it. I mean, how fun would it be out? Would it be to go out with your friends, fellas, or the ladies and just, uh, all start belting out, uh, songs together on, on the way. Like, like on his Wikipedia page, it has, it has darts information. It says he's been playing since 97. Is he's right handed and his walk on music is Titanium by David Guetta. <laughs> well, man, he's got walkout music, man. I mean, the whole crowd uh, was singing it. Yeah, I, I I think uh actually that that could be a fun summer bit. Uh just spending an entire day uh combing through the best darts moments. So number the current number one world uh ranked darts player is Michael Smith, who's also from England, and his walk on music is Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon Walk the Moon. What what interesting choices yeah. out of these guys. I think that yeah, I think they're yeah. just trying to find anthemic songs that the yeah. crowd can sing to. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like good bar songs, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Y'all ever hit a triple twenty? No. Did y'all know uh, that triple twenty is what you're looking for mainly over a bullseye? Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't know. Did you know that, Jay? No. You ever, play, you ever play darts? Yeah. Yeah. But it depends on what your game game you're playing. You know, if you're playing. Uh, but like they play the game. I, I now I don't know much about darts, right? But you you start with what like 500 or whatever, and you got to work your way down, right? Yeah. There's that one, and then there's cricket, which cricket is where you have to hit each. You have no, to hit cricket's each. a sport with the the. It's kind of like baseball. Well, it's got like the bat and the yeah, wicket yeah, and everything. I'm aware, but there is there is a game in <laughs> and there's a game in darts called cricket where you have to hit each number. Uh. Jacob Beck, how do you have so many odd, uh, how do you have so much random sports knowledge? You were also telling us about an Indian sport of tag, basically, which is the country's second largest. I I have, uh, I just have a lot of random knowledge for for everything, but sports included, mostly. Are you a general studies major? No, I wasn't, actually. (laughs) Do you have three minors? I was, um, because I, too, had a thirst for knowledge in various fields. Oh yes, yeah, so there's, uh, there's, there's well, here's we got a video right here of Michael Smith. Uh, oh, my this major, is Michael Smith. Yeah, that's the him. Shut up and dance, guys. Yeah, let's, let's okay, we got to see this next. We'll, we'll see, see this on the way, way back. back. Okay, more OTB yeah. hour three next.